Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. This is a place where we share how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Welcome to episode 22, From Overgiving to Empowerment. Melissa Wallach mentors and leads women to reclaim their energy, time, and well-being with powerful mindset mindset shifts, deepening their mind-body connection, and establishing sustainable lifestyle practices. As a mindset and empowerment coach, she's a fierce advocate for creating more fulfillment, freedom, and self-compassion. The foundation of her movement and unique system combines science and soul. We share a beautiful conversation about life and golden nuggets of personal transformation. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today, I have the honor to speak with Melissa. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I am thrilled to be invited to speak with you and to your audience. I think this is an important time to be talking about this topic. Right. And today's we're taping this on January 7th. So this may come out a few weeks later, but there's a lot going on in our country in America. So this is like a perfect time to talk about love and healing and transformation. So Melissa, tell us about who you are, your story, and how you came to do the work that you do in the world as a coach. Yes, well, it's a, I have been working with individuals for about 25 years as a speech language cognitive therapist, as well as a coach, a guide, and a mentor. And really, as a healthcare provider, what I have seen and learned is that people need care and nourishment and love. So to back up a little, in my specific profession, I have really worked with people who have been through trauma, injury, major life changes, and then changes they've chosen. But we know that any whatever type of change is happening, it is scary and uncomfortable whether you choose it or not. And so in my profession, I have really been able to sit with people in all different phases of their lives and see the importance of love and nourishment. And in that, you know, whether people have come to me to eat again, to talk again, to swallow again, to think again, or to change their career, or go back to school, I've seen quite a lot over all of this time. You know, there are still fundamental needs that every single person needs. And I've had my own journey where I've seen how important love is and nourishment because as a recovering perfectionist and overgiver and overachiever, we are more likely to stress ourselves out and to burn out and to experience compassion fatigue. And I've seen that myself, I've seen that with my colleagues, seen that with my clients. And so my work is really to support people in evolving and creating alignment so they can be more present and support their well-being and live with meaning and purpose. I love that. 
So how did you go into speech therapy? That's a very specific type of work. It is. And I decided that I wanted to be a speech language cognitive therapist when I was about 15. Oh, wow. That's young. It is young. I know. And so it's, it's changed, but it's always stayed at the core of what I do because I think, you know, well, our voice and our mind are so important, right? And so uh, getting a bachelor's and master's degree in communication science disorders with a focus on cognition has really you know, been a huge foundation to my work. But once again, to back up, I was able to do a student teaching practicum in high school with a room that focused on teaching and supporting kids who were diagnosed with autism. And my mom really encouraged my sister and I to pick a safe, secure job, right? So teacher, nurse, right? Like she had that mindset, yes. And so, and I love her. She just wanted us to be secure, right? Totally get that. And so I watched the special education teachers and I just saw that they were totally exhausted and burned out and they were giving everything they had to their jobs. You know, like they slip out of the room. This was a long time ago, right? So they'd slip out and have their smoking break. And you could just tell they were exhausted. And one day a speech language cognitive therapist walked in the room and it was like, you know, birds started to chirp and, you know, sunshine streamed through the windows type of moment. And she did really cool functional things. And all the teenagers in the room were so excited to see her. And we did things that made sense. They were practical. And um, she looked super healthy and happy, by the way. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I think I'll do that. Right? Just one of those kid moments where things are so simple and not we haven't complicated things yet. I had no idea I would need to, you know, it was competitive. I had no idea I would need to go to grad school to even do it. No clue. You know, but that's where that that path started. Beautiful. Yeah, it's interesting how that makes such a difference, like seeing somebody doing the work that you want to do and seeing if they're happy doing it. Because I did the same thing when I was in high school. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer and I went to go visit a lawyer and I was like, oh, God, she looks miserable. And I was like, I don't want to do it. Exactly. Right. Like, oh, I thought it sounded like a good idea, but no. Yeah, because it's about finding your joy in the work that you do and finding your purpose. And you help your clients with that, correct? Yes. You know, I am fortunate that I still do the medical work, but then I also get to do the mentorship, mentorship, guidance and advocacy for others who choose to make change. Not everyone has to be hit in the head like I did, or, you know, punched in the gut, or, you know, they they choose the change despite the discomfort. Well, I'm curious, how did you get hit in the head? Oh. Figuratively speaking. Oh, well, it's literal and figurative. Oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> and in addition to uh, my focus when I was working in the healthcare field at a hospital was working with neurotrauma clients. So clients Uh, were literally healing from brain trauma. And then I myself ended up suffering from a concussion. Um, mm. Yes. And that 
really, I believe that that resulted. They could never find a medical cause for me, but I think it came from my patterns of mm. overgiving. You know, we think that we can't give from an empty cup, but I can tell you right now, that's oh, not true. You can, <laughs> but then you burn yourself cup. out. Exactly. It's yeah. we sacrifice so much and it's gradual and we have little nudges of our body talking to us and then eventually if we may even think we're listening but at some point the body takes over and i just passed out and i hit my head wow so you so it wasn't like a car accident or anything you 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 literally stopped functioning i was and I'm about to write this story in my book that I'm writing. Um, I was at a book club. My first time at this book club and didn't really know the women there, but they'll remember me forever. I guarantee it. I'm laughing, talking to these women. And then all of a sudden I woke up on the ground with no. them over top of me, totally freaked out. Yes. Did you go to the hospital? I did end up going to the hospital, but my vertigo was so horrible. This is this is when you, you see people's patterns and behaviors. Mm -hmm. I insisted that they continue with book club and eat dinner. And I would just lay there and gradually get to where I could sit up. Because every time I tried to move, I felt like I was going to pass back out again. So I was like, nope, universe is telling me I'm just supposed to stay here eat dinner, talk amongst yourselves, have book club. And actually I did participate in book club from this beautiful hardwood floor. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we learned, like I knew there had been some big things going on in my family at the time. And I had just been carrying too much and it takes a yeah. toll. You are what I call driving a car and, ha and not changing your oil for exactly. months upon months and then your car just stops moving right and i can say that i was doing all the right things you know the but the intention and the love and the nourishment weren't necessarily where they needed to be right mm -hmm. you can get the sleep you can eat right you can do the gratitude journal you can meditate and i was doing all those things but if your intention and the love isn't there for yourself, it can only take you so far. It's like half the oil change, right? Like, right. <laughs> Absolutely. We used the, we used the cheaper oil. We didn't get <laughs> the richest, right? Oil right. for the car so it can perform its best. Absolutely. So then after this situation or this incident, how did you change your self care routines? So I wouldn't say that the actions changed, mm -hmm. but the intention and the feeling did. And the big part of that is that I started to really, you know, when we think about nourishing, when we think about care, right, there's this cherishing piece. And so I started really checking in and allowing myself to receive the sensations that the self-care brought on. Nice. Right? And I think many of us have this, this gap 
right? There's a gap there. We do the things that we're supposed to do because we know that keeps your heart healthy, your brain healthy, you'll live longer. I know I'm a healthcare provider. I'm very up on all of those research articles, but we've got to have, we've got to have the love. We, and to savor that and to fully receive that and not just move on to the next thing. Absolutely. So now I really drop in and I allow myself to process and feel the sensations, whether that's me walking outside, you know, just for five minutes between clients and the sun shining and I take three breaths and I fully receive that sunlight and the warmth of that. Right. Just to, and it doesn't take long. We don't have to spend hours, but when our intention shifts and our mindset shifts, we can really experience things in such a richer way. Absolutely. And is this when you decided to become a coach after this experience or were you doing the coaching work before? I was already doing the coaching work beforehand, but you know, as a a coach and a healer, we, we see how it evolves right? Mm -hmm. And we keep going deeper and deeper. And I, that's why I feel like sometimes I even prefer a mentor and a guide and an advocate instead of a coach because of my tendencies to overachieve and be a perfectionist and overgive. I don't want people to strive and push harder. Mm. I want us to be more intentional and clear and focused because I think it really is, we hear this, but it's, it's the quality of right. the pivotal moments. It's the quality of the connections. It's not the quantity of them. And also the ability to receive. Yes. I think when you're pushing and pushing, trying to attain something, oftentimes you're not receiving what life is offering you in those moments because you're so focused to go, go, go. And that receptivity makes a big difference. I think so. You know, I was talking to a, an ICU and an ER nurse the other day, and she was like, oh, no, if I slow down, something might catch me, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, what's going to catch you? And she's like, the thoughts, the feelings, the sensations. Like, I don't know. Am I really happy? Like, I may not be, and I'm not ready to know yet. So I'm just going to keep going and doing and I think a lot of us do that yeah you know then we don't we don't receive the messages we don't listen to them and we don't process them but our current culture sort of applauds the badge of busy true it does however those are often people that get really sick it's true and I think it's shifting with awareness yeah it is. It's shifting. It. I think it's slowly shifting. It's not shifting as fast as I would like, but it is shifting. But then when I think about, especially with women, we've only been in the workforce for like, what, 30 years, 40 years, not much. And so we still have so much to offer in terms of how to be in that world. I mean, not just women, men and women, but I'm just particularly talking about women because I feel like so many women have a hard time with this situation of being perfect, working really hard, not necessarily receiving, having to show up in a certain way because of the workforce and the sexism and all of that. So we have a lot to learn about how we can be within ourselves and also participate in society. 
I think it's true. I think women are learning to navigate to the various responsibilities. You know, we've added more to our plate and whether, and then we have social media on top of that, right? So there's comparison and parenting and in career. And there's a, a lot to create discernment about what's right for you. Absolutely. And also just finding your purpose. You know, we talked about this earlier, but if I find for me personally, if I didn't have a purpose, it'd be so much harder to go to work and to just live my life. And are there any like words of advice or, I mean, that you would give to people that are out there trying to figure out who they are and what they want to contribute and how do they find that inner compass? No, I think we all need space and quiet and time to reflect. Mm. You know, even a person, I think we can lose our purpose too. You know, we can find it and lose it. And and sometimes I think we also create it as something huge, but that it can be something much smaller that really resonates. But if we're going so fast and doing so much, we won't have the room to find it or to then follow and create it. So I think more time, I mean, I'm a huge fan of of breath work and spending time in nature and really allowing those messages to come through. And I know I'm not the only person that wakes up between two and four in the morning with fantastic ideas, right? And (laughs) And then the day happens and they seem to be gone. But those are those, our, our body, our heart, our soul, our spirit, they talk to us when we finally stop, when we finally pause and it knows that it has our attention. So sometimes that can look like spinning thoughts and feel like panic or anxiety. But if we start creating that space to listen and to nourish ourselves, we can start to open up and invite the information that's out there about our purpose and our impact and checking in, like what are those moments that bring us joy and what doesn't feel like work? You know, when I go to work and I have a feeling you feel this way too, I can sense this from you, (laughs) but I could be with clients for hours and hours and that doesn't feel like work. Now, Um, folding laundry, I'm working on creating that into a more enjoyable, mindful thing. (laughs) But when I'm with my people, when I'm with my clients and supporting them, that just feels like I'm in alignment and it's fun and it brings me joy and I'm present effortlessly, right? So Mm -hmm. it's starting to look for those moments. Where does it feel like you're in alignment, there's clarity, you're focused, and it doesn't completely exhaust you, right? It feeds you and it feels good. But we've got to give ourselves time to reflect. I had one woman come to a workshop and she was ready to sell the business that she had started from the ground up. She had loved this business. Right. And she was like, I'm done. I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out. It's no longer fun. I guess I'm going to early retire. Right. It just felt so heavy. 
And you can tell she used to love what she did. And so we started talking about goals and it's funny when people make goals for themselves, right? Usually they're so, um, they're kind of an outer external superficial layer and you've got to peel it back to get to what people really want and how they want to feel. And when we did that, she really wanted to feel the joy and the purpose in her work again. So we started scheduling a half an hour at her office every afternoon where she put her feet up on the desk and just give herself time to reflect. And after a month, she was like, I am expanding my business. I have all these great ideas. I'm no longer going to retire. I've found my love and my purpose of my work again. I'm going to keep this time in my calendar forever because it made a difference. I gave myself the space to listen and to create and to play. That's great. And it's so true. Just, and kids do that, you know, you know, kids play and have this freedom. And I think it's that playfulness that we all need. And as adults that we lose because we're so busy doing that we don't have time or we don't create time to stop and appreciate the flowers, so to speak. And yeah. And in this current climate that we're in, in America, where people are storming the Capitol, um, and a lot of people are stressed out and anxious, and they don't know what to do when they're individualized, how they can contribute to what's happening in the world. I personally feel like every individual has the ability and has the choice to have personal transformation and becoming a better, kinder, loving human being. What's your take on how can people be contribute to what's happening in the world? First of all, you know, I think it's really important that we're taking care of ourselves, right? That we are loving and nourishing ourselves and close to home that we are respecting right? Our friends, our family, our colleagues, right? Like we can start almost like the grassroots type of idea, right? Start with where you are and what you know. Be loving, be patient, be open, be curious. Because what happens is when we're stressed and anxious and fearful, which is a pretty, that's pretty common, I think, for most people at this point, whether you feel it distinctly or it's an underlying program sort of running in the background and draining your energy, we all feel the heaviness and the stress of what's going on in our country. And we're going to need, I call it um, a brain budget, but we're going to need to have a savings and nourishing deposit right? To take care of ourselves. Because once we do that, we have that full cup that we talked about earlier. Right. You know, once we have that and we can engage, we can take action. But if we're in a fearful place, we are protective and we are defensive. And then we can't connect to other people. And that's something that's so important, right? They're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Protective means that we are hunkering down and we are going to do everything we can to do to what we can do to be safe. But when we connect, 
we engage and we ask questions and we can start to make and take action that helps us, that helps people we care about. And then it's this, you know, it's this ripple effect. It helps other people too. And we have more energy and bandwidth to be reaching out. And consistently, not just reach out and then feel so exhausted that we snap back to the safety protective space again. But space where we can gradually and sustainably be taking some action that feels good to us and empowering. Right. And that can be smart. You know, I have friends who sent postcards out to remind people to vote, you know, in Georgia. That it could be something like that. Or it can be going to a you know, a peace rally. It can be starting to show up on your social media and post things. You might be writing things. You may join organizations that are supporting the causes you believe in, but it all comes back down to basics and we need to be taking care of ourselves so we have the energy to do those things. Absolutely. Self-care is key. Self-care, self-love, taking care of who you are as a person and what you want to contribute to the world definitely depends on you. And I often feel like people don't take that seriously enough. Like they don't consider self-care as a part of their daily life, but it, it is. Like we brush our teeth, we brush our teeth, we comb our hair. It's part of that nourishment. Our soul and spirit need that daily nourishment as well we do and that's it's one of the reasons of, that is the working title of my book is permission to nourish Ooh. because we do underestimate the importance <laughs> of that and i'm one of those people i you know, I've worked in healthcare. I've seen how important it is to take care of yourself, but there's even more the emotion and the feeling. And it's easy to wallow and linger in the negative experiences and emotions, right? And to get caught up with that. And then it's changing the channel and shifting when we have the energy and can to the place where we're like, oh, wait a minute, I can make a difference. I can nourish, I can make positive change. There's more that I'm able to do out there in the world, that there's a, there's a mindset piece to that, right? Instead of, he said, wallowing in the negative and lingering there, which is what we're wired to do, I'd like us to savor and receive the positive, even the little ones. Even the little wins, right? But <laughs> even the little actions, like I wrote my congressman today, right? Like you wrote your congressman, that's awesome, right? Like way to use your voice. Yes. You know, like let's take that in and then look at, wow, did that really feel good? Well, what's our next thing to do that's going to feel good and, and support positive action in the world for ourselves and others? Absolutely. And that's pretty much why I created this show, right? Infinite Love is to show people that there is a way that we can spread love and have it be infinite. Because when you are loving yourself, you love others and others. And that hopefully that spreads because love is also empathy. Like if you truly love yourself and love others, it's hard to cause harm because you don't want to hurt yourself. Like no one 
will hurt themselves unless they are mentally unstable. So it's this idea of with this intention of loving yourself so much that it spreads to the people around you. And when I looked at when I looked at all these protesters, I'm like, they can't possibly love themselves because you wouldn't do this to other people if you were so full of love and compassion for others. And that's where I feel like people can really start to heal the world, so to speak, by getting to that place of loving themselves more deeply. Yes, and when I saw those protesters, I know my husband and daughter looked at me like I was crazy, but my my first thought was, oh, I feel for them. They have been misled. They feel misunderstood. They are scared. Right. And when we're so scared, it's hard to act from a place of love. And we often don't feel loved. No. Right. So they're no. looking for a place that they belong. Right. They're yeah. they're looking for a place where they feel enough and that they belong. And they're trying to find community. And you know, I get it. I understand what they're looking for from that fear space. And you and I have talked about this, like love is an antidote to fear. Right. And that's when we can engage, right? But they are so scared right now, which leads to being defensive and angry. And vicious and mean and And so, you know, I was like violence, yeah. Yes, honestly, yes, right, and violent. If we think about a trapped, scared animal, and humans are animals, how do they react? They lash out. Yeah. And so, you know, with love comes patience and compassion and understanding. Um, But it takes all of us, right? This is, it's not a one person job. No, it isn't. So let's get into the And I'm infinite... not saying it's easy either, right? It can be ethical. No, it takes a lot of um it takes commitment. You know, I don't necessarily want to say it takes work. I mean, it does take work, but when you say that people get turned off. It takes commitment. Like any relationship, any marriage, any partnership, any friendship, we all know how much commitment that means and what that means to be a good friend, what that means to be a good partner. And what does that mean to be a good partner to yourself? That requires commitment. And until people decide in their head and their mind and their heart that they want to do that, it doesn't really happen. Yeah. So I wanted to segue in. I don't like to use the word work either. Oh, yeah, because I think people get turned off. So I wanted to segue into the infinite love questions. Yeah. So how do you use love in your work? So, you know, this will go back to what we've talked about a little bit, but I feel like when people are, when they're healing, when they're making big changes, when they're stressed or anxious or hurting, they, love is so important. So in my work, I feel that I create a space where people can feel held, right? They can be accepted a non-judgmental place where we can be present and they can feel safe and secure. 
because those are some of the deepest foundational needs that we need as human beings. And so in that place, they know they are safe, loved, accepted, and they can just be who they are in that moment and focus on their own love and their own healing and growth. I love that. So do you work with clients more one-to-one group or groups or both? You know, I am fortunate that I get to do all of those things. I work with clients individually. Prior to COVID, I was doing more groups as well. And I'm looking at doing more of those online now. And then I also work as a, I'm lucky that I also do speaking and trainings. So I do my best in whatever space I'm in to create that safe space where everyone feels like they can be honest and accepted and worthy of investing in themselves. Beautiful. How is your work used to serve humanity? I feel like what we do, you know, when we are supporting people in acceptance and healing and alignment and evolving, Every person who takes those steps starts to contribute more positive energy and change into our community and our world. So whether it's between work and guidance that I provide my clients or advocacy and education, in that way, I think it does support humanity and getting back to what matters most as far as deeper connections and allowing us and giving us the space and room to be more purposeful and finding that meaning and listening to our spirit and soul. Nice. And what does it mean to you to be a positive force of goodness in the world? So to me, I believe that it is acting from a place of heart and compassion and love. And it not just for ourselves, but for all beings and even our planet, right? So um, where would we be without it? So first, where would we be without our bodies and our lives and our hearts, right? But we all can do that and we feel it, right? Whether it's just smiling at people when we can see each other's faces Right. <laughs> um, you know, but we can smile with our eyes if we're wearing a mask, but you can feel that, right? And that's a positive force. You know, when that, those little energy changes, it can be that small, those micro moments where it's like, oh, I just had this positive connection with someone. And then each of us goes and has a more energy and then positively connects with the next person. So it can start really small. It can start on a person to person level, but it can also start with growing a garden and taking care of the planet and recycling or whatever it is. But I think it's having the idea that we can make a positive difference. And that's how we keep growing that positive force for change and supporting one another. Beautiful. So what do you love most about your life? 
Well, I think it changes. But right <laughs> now, <laughs> I am really, I love that I have created a life that does have more room. I used to work, you know, 60 plus hours a week. I've been there. Um, and then I would go play hard as well. I'd go ski or rock climb or, you know, just keep moving like we talked about. And now I've been able to create a life where I get to be out in nature every day. I get to spend time with my family and my dog and I've given myself more choices. And I realize that I'm, I'm fortunate, you know, I've worked hard to create those things, but I also know that that's a privilege. Right. And I've also seen how in all phases of life, we are able to create those, those little moments, you know, outside is free. And I live in a beautiful place. Um, I moved away from my family and friends the day after my sister got married almost 20 years ago because I knew I needed a different environment that was closer to nature and outdoors that I could do that. And, and yeah. I love that I can do that with the people I love. Yeah. Nature heals so much. Love it. Um, it does. And it keeps us sane. So it's <laughs> my saving grace this past year. Yeah. During quarantine, I can't imagine not having the ability to go out in nature. It would have been really difficult. So when, so how do you feel you receive love? So as we touched on a little earlier, <laughs> as I have found that because of those overgiving tendencies, right? It, it feels more comfortable for me to give love, right? Like that's just mm -hmm. like, oh, I would love the world. And I remember as a newer therapist at one point in time, somebody was like, you just walk down that hallway and radiate positive energy and love. And it's like, everybody's just taking a bit from you. Like here, I'm going to take some of that. And um, what that did is it exhausted myself. But it also, on the flip side, when you're so busy giving, um, you don't have a lot of practice receiving. Not that it isn't coming your way, but as I mentioned earlier, it's savoring it and fully feeling the love. And that's something over the years that has been a practice for me. You know, I mean, I've realized we can become more aware and do the five love languages quiz and <laughs> read the book and realize that you no, know, ooh, I like words, you know, word my I love words and um acts of service, right? Those mean a lot to me. But I really did have to stop and go, okay, when those come your way, receive them. Like allow them to really land because they're delicious and juicy and stay there with it. And so now I really can do that. Um, and I'm so much more aware, but I'll still admit like my, my go-to is I love to give. 
right? And then it's yeah. like, okay, but now I know how to give to myself. That's beautiful. And receive the love and the giving that, right? That's, that's been pivotal. So where has love, sorry, where has um, love created a miracle in your life? I think there's so many ways, but I do believe, you know, the importance of family and creating a family. So being a mom, I have an 11 year old and truly, that is one of the best gifts, that love. And, you know, you may share that with a partner, a fur baby, whatever it is. But there's, you know, it, it's wonderful to have that connection with my family and my daughter. And that was definitely, it felt like a miracle of love to me because I definitely, um, I definitely experienced some challenges getting pre pregnant because I have an autoimmune issue. And, you know, as we all know, sometimes when we have to work harder for something, we have even a deeper appreciation for when it comes to fruition. Um, it doesn't always have to be that way, but it does, you know, I was just so grateful to be able to experience that miracle. Yeah. Fertility. Motherhood. Is, Motherhood is, hard. Is, is a gift. It's a... Yes. And I was, I, I know that some people struggle, even have struggled way more than I did. And I can say, you know, acupuncture was the gift of love that I gave myself that helped me create the miracle of birth. Yeah, acupuncture is powerful for that. I have a lot of clients that have helped get pregnant with acupuncture, and but it's still so painful. You know, it's such a painful, heart wrenching thing to see women have miscarriage after miscarriage and or can't get pregnant. And when they finally do, it's like we all cr sit and cry tears of joy because it's been such a long path to get there and. Boy, do they appreciate motherhood in a completely different way than someone that got pregnant easier uh, in an easier way, because it's been they wanted it so hard, and so yeah, it's painful. But I'm happy and so happy when people can fulfill their desire mm -hmm. to be moms. Yeah. Well, thank you so yes. much. It's a labor of love. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Um, so how can people find you, Melissa, if they wanted to work with you or they wanted to learn more about who you are? They can find me on Instagram, Melissa H. Wallach, and on Facebook, Melissa Wallach, and then my website, melissawallach.com. And I have some, you know, great things as far as breath work, especially right now, helping people live with a little more ease and yeah. letting go of the old, right? Some, some free gifts or even setting boundaries because I feel like setting boundaries is actually an act of love and respect too. So I have some things I've 
put up there for the new year that they can access. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for coming on the Infinite Love Podcast. It was a pleasure talking to you today and spreading love and positivity in the world, right? which is what we need right now. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm grateful for the time we had together today. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Well, I'm sending you lots of love. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.